welcome to Dream Chasing 101 episode 2. On today's episode we have a Sunshine Ladies Tour and Ladies European Tour player Lijan Leithwaite. Uh, Lijan, just give your, well, introduce yourself. Yes, hi, um, yeah, my name is Lijan Leithwaite. I uh, play on the Sunshine Ladies Tour as well as the Ladies European Tour. Um, I've been professional now for four years. I turned professional in 2016. And yeah, I'm sure we'll get more into depth uh, throughout the episode. Thanks for having me, Shan. So, uh, Lijan, you said you've been pro for four years now. Can you maybe just dive into the motivation behind choosing golf as a profession and how you came to that decision? Yeah, it, it is a bit of a story. Um, I was always a very sporty person growing up. Um, I played a lot of sport during school. I originally wanted to be a tennis player. Um, I played uh, provincial hockey, provincial tennis, and I also sailed. I sailed a lot until I was about 15, 16. I went, um, and, went and sailed in the European Championships in Poland in 20... In, when was that? When I was 15. <laughs> so I don't know whatever year that was. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, obviously I wanted to play tennis professionally. And my parents were, said to me, no, you have to finish school first. And being a little young and naive back then, I thought um, um, I thought that I'd be too old to pursue tennis by the time I'm finished school. So I thought, well, I better choose a sport that I can play until I'm a lot older. And golf was one of those sports that you can play professionally and competitively um, at a much older age. Um, so at about 16, 17, I realized I need to start um, concentrating on one sport specifically. Um, and I kind of stopped playing all my other sports and, and started concentrating on golf. So that's, that's kind of why I chose golf. <laughs> okay. And um, while you were making this decision, were there any kind of motivating factors, maybe a sports person you looked up to in the golf industry or the golfing world um, that kind of helped you make that decision in a way that you're saying, I want to be like them when I grow up kind of thing? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say there was a, a specific golf golfer, funny enough. Um, all my sporting heroes came from tennis. Um, Penny Haynes was one of my first idols ever, um, a, a swimmer. I mean, I used to swim a lot as well. Um, and then kind of when I started taking up golf, obviously Tiger was a huge, um, or still is a huge hub. Um, he was when I started in the, in the ladies game. Suzanne Pedersen was one of my idols. Um, Lorena Ochoa was another idol. So yeah, there were definitely a number of people that I looked up to. Okay. And um, how long did you, or how many tournaments would you say you played as an amateur year in South Africa on the Golf RSA circuit? If you can kind of give a summary of, yeah. of your amateur career and, and your golf year in SA before turning pro. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't have a lengthy amateur career here in South Africa. And the reason being, I started golf quite late. Um, I only took it up seriously when I was about 17, so in grade 11. And then the year after that, I was writing matric. So we all know that when you're writing matric, you don't have a lot of time to play, um, a lot of time to play sports. You focus on your studies. And so I knew that I needed to, to get some amateur um, exposure. Um, so after school, I took a year and a half um, out of school to, to go to a golf academy. I went to Gavin Levinson at Glendower where I trained and, and owned my skills for, for a year and a half to in hopes that I could get better and apply for scholarships to go study and play overseas. And one of the biggest motivations to go overseas and play amateur golf there was that I could study, get the amateur experience that I needed whilst getting a degree as well. So that was a huge benefit. 
And uh, your time over in the States, um, can you maybe just give the South African uh, perspective on, on college golf in the States? Sure. <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, wow. I mean, that's to sum it up. It's a, such an amazing experience. Um, yes, it's tough. The first year or two are tough. You're away from your family, but you build a support system over there. Um, my teammates and my coach became my family over there. Um, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, if I had to go back and do it again, I would. Um, I just, I, I grew as a person, as a golfer. I wouldn't say my golf necessarily improved, but I got the experience that I needed, um, that I lacked in the in the earlier years um, that a lot of players get, um, you know, in their teens when they play amateur golf. So overall, it was it was amazing. <laughs> and and just your your advice to let's say there's a young amateur who's getting the opportunity to go study in the states and play go- college golf, what kind of um, or what advice do you have for them to kind of keep them on? I don't want to say the straight and narrow, but kind of keep them focused and avoid kind of slipping away and falling into various other distractions. Yeah, look, you you got to want to go over there. Um, you know, a lot of players will go over there maybe half-heartedly and um, they'll end up, you know, not completing their degree or coming back early because, well, you need to leave with your mind right. I really wanted it. I mean, it's, throughout growing up, it was something that I wanted from when I was very little to, was to go over to America and, and own my skills there and, and be a great sportsman or sportswoman, I should say. And so my advice to them would be, if you want it, go for it. There's no, nothing stopping you. Um, you know, I, got a, I, I was fortunate enough to get a full scholarship, so I was able to go over there and, and study and play for four years. Um, yeah, my advice, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. doesn't matter what position you're in. You got, if you've got the skills, if you've got the drive and it's a dream, you'll have that passion to, 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 get, to get there and to pursue it. Okay. And um, obviously, uh, you mentioned your your coach or while well, your first time being in an academy was at uh, Gavin Levinson at Glendower. Um, that's actually my old coach, Gavin. So I was also there. I was there for about four okay. years, three years. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I was I was there for four years as well with cool. Gav uh, playing amateur cool. golf. So yeah, um, just your experience on coming out of high school and then choosing a coach, do you have any advice for, for players looking to do that? Is there a way, a certain way to approach it or do you kind of just go with the flow and, and just speak to people and get their feedback? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got to, you got to speak to a number of coaches. Um, me specifically, when I was making my choice, I went to two or three coaches that I'd heard about in the past or have no, had known of good players who had gone to them. And so I did. I, I visited Gavin Levinson, I went to Robbie Stewart, and I went to Doug Wood. As Those were the first three coaches I kind of went to and said, you know, I wanted to see what they were about, how, they, how their academies ran, and who I would get along with the most. Um, you know, so my, my very first coach was actually Robbie Stewart, believe it or not, who's my current coach. <laughs> um, so I was with Gav um, all throughout, you know, through th- when I was in school. And then when I left school, I kind of needed some, uh, Robbie Stewart at the time was at coaching out of ERPM. Um, and when I left school, I kind of needed a, a good facility that I could train at every day. Um, 
you know, and, and having a good facility to, to do that, to train and get better. And, uh, you know, Rob's at the time didn't really have the facilities for me to do that. And so I kind of had to say to him, listen, I need to just go somewhere where, where the facilities allow me to, to train every day. And, um, and Gavin Levinson was that next level. So I went to Gav, um, and that was for, for, I was with him for about two years, um, up until going to the States. Um, so yeah, you definitely got to um, see what's out there, see who you're going to get along with. You got to get along with your coach. You got to be on the same page as him. So it's yeah, that's it's important to do your homework there. Cool. And then coming back from the states, obviously you had two victories on on the IGT, which was quite a a big step for you, I think, because also you got that attention because you were playing amongst men. And I think that was quite a quite a nice victory, mm-hmm. well, two playoff victories for you there. What did that do for you personally yes. as a golfer playing the game, just coming from the States? Yeah, look, it was huge. I mean, you know, I got back from the States end of 2015, and then I think my first one was 2018. And so I'd been to Q school already, a European to a Q school twice. Um, and I obviously knew I had to, you know, change something up. And that first change was, was seeing a, a, a mental coach. Um, so I started seeing Mark Fairbank and literally, I think it was two weeks. I mean, I think we must've had two or three sessions. Um, it definitely wasn't more than that. And I, I won my first event on the IGT. You know, I'd been playing the IGT for the, you know, those past two years as well. So it was a buildup. It wasn't just an like a quick, uh, just quickly one on the IGT, you know, I put the work in, I put the hours in, I played on the tour a lot. Um, it was, it's a really nice level to play at against the guys who are ultimately preparing to play on their, on their men's sunshine tour, which is so competitive. It's, it's next level. So it was a, it was a great stepping stone for, for me to, um, to play on there and then ultimately get a win. <laughs> so you, you come up with these two, two, big victories against the men on the IGT. Um, that obviously did quite a, quite a bit for your game and gave you that boost going into the Sunshine Ladies Tour. Can you maybe touch on what you kind of picked up from that, those two experiences that you then took into the Sunshine Ladies Tour? Yeah, the, the quickest comparison that I can make is obviously winning the SA Masters. Um, f- I mean, probably more importantly was was the confidence that I gained from those two wins. Um, I, I, you know, I, I got those two wins and then I immediately went to European to a Q school where it was my third time going there and I managed to secure my card for the first time. So that was huge. It was a massive conf- confidence builder. And then drawing on the SA Masters, getting into a playoff, um, it was like, wow, okay, I've been here. I've been in this position. I know what to do. Um, it kind of just, you know, eased me a little bit and, and relaxed me, you know, knowing deep down that I've, I've been in this situation and I, and I can do it. So those, that's kind of where I can draw on, um, from those experiences. And going over to Europe and, and going to Q school, you said it took you three tries to finally get your card. Um, when you, when you went the first two times and didn't get your card, you obviously kind of, everyone has a bit of not doubt, but you kind of just think about things a bit more. What advice can you give to someone who's been to Q school one or two times? Maybe they haven't made it or they've come close. What can you kind of say to them that can keep them going or give them that extra motivation for the next time they go? 
Yeah, look, you can't, you can never stop looking for ways to improve. Um, you know, the, the second time that I went was such a huge eye-opener for me because I went in there so prepared. Um, I felt like there was nothing else I could have done to have gone into that Q school better because, I mean, it was my second time going. Um, I really, I put in the hours. And at the end of the day, the thing that, that, that I came short on was, was expectation, is I went in there with too much expectation. And I think that's, that's kind of why I didn't, um, you know, proceed that year. So the next year I went in that year going into it and having the mindset of anything can happen. Anything, can, it's a week of golf. You train for an entire year and it all comes down to two weeks of competitive golf. I mean, that's a huge thing. It's, it's a big pressure build up. There is a lot of pressure and your whole next year rides on that. I think the sooner you can accept the fact that it can go either way, um, the more you... you I, it, for me, it relaxed me a little bit. Um, just knowing that you're going to be fine, that no, no matter what happens, you're going to be fine. Um, and that was that was kind of what got me through the third one, I think. <laughs> and I think uh, that's quite a big thing is managing expectations. Oh, to because the players that are going that into their <laughs> to third, the players that are going into the third, fourth Q school. <laughs> they'll they'll thank you later for that for that bit of uh, advice. <laughs> because it's the main thing. The main thing is it's such a mental I game. Look, it is it's personal. personal. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is a personal thing. Some things work for. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for me was, you know, so when you first get your card, you your status is still not great. You still your category is still quite low in terms of um, how many tournaments you get into. So you don't get into every event. So in a way, when you do get into event in an event, there's a little bit more pressure, right? Because you got to perform now. Let's say you've got, I mean, how many? I think I played eight or ten events in my first year which is not, if you think about it, it's not a lot. Um, so the one, one of the other challenges is that you're playing new courses. Um, I think it's a huge um, advantage for the players that are going back and playing the, the, the course for their second or third year. Um, it definitely makes a difference. You can draw on previous experiences at that golf course. You maybe build up a bit of confidence um, or you've had good memories there. Well, you can always, it doesn't matter how you've played, you're always going to have some sort of a good memory here here or there on different holes or whatever it is. Um, and the second thing, um, the second challenge for me was, yeah, that pressure, that pressure to then keep your card. So you, you work three years to get your card and now you've got to work for the next year to keep your card. So that was a huge pressure thing for me. And I mean, I can get into a whole nother story about that because it was quite funny I think my last three or four events, I mean, I think I, that's so top 70, I think, kept their cards. And I was lying like 74th, 78th, I was 84th. I was really on the brink. And I went into like the last four events with the mindset, Lijan, you have to make the cut. At least make the cut. I'm not expecting to, to get top 10s. You know, I haven't been on the tour for long. So I didn't want to slip into that expectation thing again. And it was, I got in, there was a, a certain times where I would be playing and let's say I got into trouble and I'd be like, Lijon, you will make the cut. You will not go back to Q school and you will make the cut. And that kind of fueled me in a way. It, it's quite funny and it, it, might hap, it might be different for different people. But for me, it fueled me. I mean, I remember playing in Spain and 
I was on like the last hole and I was I was on the cut line. So I needed to par. It was a par five and I needed to make a, you know, a par. Relatively short par five. Hit my, hit a really good drive. Second shot, I flushed my five iron and it got a little bit unlucky. Um, and it landed in like some thick rough just short of the green. Anyway, hit my third shot, kind of like duffed it out the rough. So now I need to like, you know, make up and down. And I just remember saying to myself, it was like a 30 footer. I was just off the green. I said, Lijan, you will hold this putt. You are not going back to Q school. You are going to hold this putt and you're going to make the, make the cut. And if I uphold it, I hold a 30 footer and I was playing the next day. I made the cut and it was just that one step extra. And, it, and I can't say that keeping my card came down to that one event. It wasn't. It was three or four events where I was like, Lijan, you do not want to go back to Q school. <laughs> so, and that was huge character building for me in the first year on tour, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> you want to get it and then go back immediately the year after. <laughs> and um, just before you played your last few events, you actually played in the Origins of Golf. Um, you played a few events there. What's your thoughts on kind of the, the origins of mm -hmm. golf and trying to incorporate women's golf into the men's events to kind of just help give you guys those extra few events just to get some tournament reps? Um, just your thoughts on that. Absolutely, yeah. It's fantastic um, what Vodacom and, and Sunshine Tour have done. Um, I mean, we love it. I, I hope the guys do too. You know, last year I played in two events in Europe where the men and women played in the same week. Um uh, the one was in Morocco where the men and women play separate courses, di different competitions, but the same week, same venue type thing. Um, and then the second one was the the men's challenge tour or the feeder. No, not it was the, the men's European feeder tour that we played in Northern Ireland, the ISPS Hunter. Also, um, you know, the men, you know, no, I lie. Sorry, that event, it was the first time the men and women got paid the same in the same week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, getting back to Vodacom of Origins, I think it's I think it's great to incorporate both. We see a lot of sports going in that in that direction. Um, you know, tennis, the men and women play together, you know, well, same week. Um and I think it's nice. It it, it creates a little bit more variety in terms of so yeah, for sure. It, and it creates um a little bit of variety for spectatorship as well. Um so yeah, I certainly enjoy it and I hope it will grow and that we can do more of it. Perfect. And then um, the Sunshine Ladies Tour, obviously you had quite a successful year this year. Congrats on that. Um, maybe just give us a quick summary of how you think your season went. I mean, it's only eight events, um, but it's, it's like you say, it's a builder into Ladies Europe your, the rest of your year. So just on how that went for you. Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was great. I mean, I couldn't have asked for too much more of a better start to the season. Um, my goal going into Sunshine Tour was for it to be a confidence builder going into the European Tour, into the European season, and it was just that. Um, obviously, the two wins. Uh, I mean, still ecstatic, ecstatic about those. Um, so yeah, the Sunshine Tour was a huge a huge advantage advantage for us um to keep competitive before going overseas so um we're very proud of our tour that it, that it's growing and we, we're getting more international players that's a huge bonus um 
you know, to compete against some of the other stronger players in the world and, and so we can fear up against them and and hopefully improve and you know, until we go overseas to play against them. <laughs> and uh what would you say is your favorite um golf course on the Sunshine Ladies Tour um circuit? Sure. <laughs> Tough one. Um there's got there's two. I mean uh, when everyone asks me what my favorite course is, I can never say one. It's got to be like <laughs> between two. Definitely Gary Player. Um, I'm so happy that we went back there this year because I think we missed it for a year or two. Um, oh, what a goal. What a venue. I mean, Sun City is amazing. Always love going up there. And the second, my second favorite would have to be Otaniqua in Van Court. Uh, conditions always top notch. Uh, Golf is heaven down in Fancourt, and we we lucky as South Africans to have that in our arsenal to to go down there and and play some golf. Not to mention, those are the two courses that you got your victories on. I mean, that kind of adds to it as well. <laughs> yeah, regardless, regardless of, of the, the wins, they still my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And and obviously, you had a great season. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I won on them. I promise okay. you. Now. Okay, okay, I believe you. I believe you. Um, yeah, you had a really, a really big, um, Sunshine Ladies to a season. And after your first win, actually after your, your, yeah, your first win, you signed a new sponsorship, um, with TaylorMade. What did that do for you personally to know that a big brand such as TaylorMade South Africa are kind of backing you and, and are now your partner in, in your career and a part of your brand? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very grateful to them um, stepping up and supporting, you know, the women's game. I mean, not just me, but the women's game, because it definitely can stand for that. Um, it's We all know how tough it is to get sponsorships. Um, I mean, it's my second year on the Euro- European tour and, I, you know, I just got my first clubs, real club sponsorship. So it's a huge deal for me. Um I can't wait to to start my journey with them and being on their team. Um, so very appreciative of them. Um, they've welcomed me, you know, with big wide open arms. So very excited about that. I can't wait to get my my full setting done as well. I haven't even done it yet. So yeah, thanks to them. Um, I hope I'm gonna make continue making them proud. And um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm excited. And then going going on to another sponsor of yours is Investec. Obviously, they do a lot on the Sunshine Ladies Tour. Um, how proud are you as an athlete to have them sponsor you, but also be kind of sponsoring the Sunshine Ladies Tour as well? That's quite a big um, feat to have as a company to support players and the tour and kind of just empower women's golf in South Africa. Absolutely. they. I mean, it's huge. The uh... I mean, I'm lost for words when I say how proud I am, you know, to have them on board um, supporting me and our tour. Um, It's a huge thing for our tour as well. Um, Our Investec SA Open's a massive event. It's our, you know, penultimate or ultimate event, you know. Um, And without them, I wouldn't be able to go overseas and do what I do and, you know, represent South Africa overseas, you know, own my skills um because they my they're my biggest supporter in that um it's and you'll know in professional professional sports sponsors are, are pivotal so 
super proud to be a part of their team. They, I mean, they're so professional. They just, they just take everything to the next level, and I, I couldn't be prouder. And um, hope to make them proud as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you can just talk a bit about your partnership with Birdies for Rhino and and kind of being involved with. Um, something that's been growing quite a bit and, and how the roster of players are kind of increasing every single year. Yeah, so my, when I first learned about Verdi's for Rhinos when obviously Nicole Garcia and Stacey Bregman have been representing them, representing them for quite a long time and, and supporting them. Um, and then they, you know, it's, it's a big thing during uh, our Dimension Data uh, tournament that we have with the men, you know, on our, on our Sunshine Tour. Um, and they're always raising funds for our rhinos, you know, well, throughout the year, but more specifically at the Dimension Data. And, you know, they they played a video at the one uh, function, I think it was, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, and it really hit home to me. It was something that, that kind of touched my heart a little bit, and I wanted to give back um, in any, you know, just to give back. And I, it was just something that I, I felt strongly about, Um that I, you know, I wanted to, you know, I get so much from the sport, from sponsors, playing tournaments, winning prize money, the sponsors that sponsor tournaments. And this is just my little way of, of giving back. And what better way than to give back with, with the birdies that we make. So I'm super proud to, to donate to them every year. And I hope I'll continue to do that. And then lastly, um, obviously, this is a, a mutual um kind of partner of yours is that Serengeti is obviously your your base um, and I just joined them this year so just your thoughts on, on Serengeti as a, a venue for golfers to kind of improve and hone their skills and like you say quality of facilities is massive um, if you can just give a quick summary on Serengeti mm-hmm. and, and what they have to offer for golfers. Yeah, it's it's a f- phenomenal venue. Um, I can proudly say that I don't know how much better it can get, to be honest. Um, and and also, it's come such a long way in the last few years as well. So that I'm quite lucky in that regard as well. Um, you know, I started there when the gym was half the size, and now we've got the state of the art gym there. Um, but yeah, it's world class facility. The new Par Three Championship course that's going to grow. I think they they're going to pull so many golfers in there to play. People are going to want to come play there. It's it's unbelievable. Um, I, I love going out to practice there and uh, I hope that I can continue to do so. So very, very proud and happy to, to be an ambassador there. Um, and yeah, if you haven't been, go because it's it's simply, it's awesome being out there. I love it. Obviously, we've been on lockdown for the past, well, I don't even know how many weeks has it been now for us coming from, from Investec SA Women's Open. Um, but just your, your thoughts on women's golf in 2020, even though we haven't played much kind of internationally, but do you see women's golf trending in the right direction, um, pre coronavirus or COVID-19, um, events? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pre pre-quarantine and pre-coronavirus we were headed in a very good direction um not only on our sunshine tour i mean our sunshine tour grows every year but on the ladies european tour as well i think this year they had an we had another extra six events added to our schedule it was looking amazing for us i was i was hardly going to be home from may um so i was super excited to get going 
Um, obviously, a lot of those events have already been moved. Thankfully, not not cancelled as yet, but have been moved. So very happy about that. Yeah, so um, it's definitely going in the right direction. The the Ladies European Tour have have t- turned on turned over a new page. I think in the last year or two, it's growing again. They've they've partnered with um, the the LPGA. They've gone on a joint venture with them. So things are only going to get better. I think. Um, just super excited for that. And uh, obviously, being on lockdown, what have you been doing? Obviously, you update your social media on a regular basis on on your activities. But if you can give um, the young golfer at home a kind of summarized routine of how you keeping um, your skills sharpened and and kind of improving that one percent every day, just uh, just so that they can see that the work never really stops. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is tough. It's a really tough time. It's a crazy time that we're in right now. And you're not going to be perfect every day. You're going to, you know, I, a couple of days ago, I was, you know, we were well into it. It was after like three weeks or so. And I actually just couldn't, didn't feel like doing anything, you know, that day. You're going to get days like that. Um, we just need to stick through it. But yeah, 1% every day. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be fitness. It can be training your mental skills. It can be reading a book on golf or or golf on fitness. Um, a few of the things I've been doing, I've obviously got a hitting bay in my garden that I've, that I've built, so I can work on a few technical things. Um, again, I don't hit more than, say, 30 balls a day because, you know, just to, to keep the mind fresh. Um, that And that 1% every day is, you know, my I still believe in the, the quality over quantity um, rule. So my 30 shots is a concentrated 30 shots that I'm trying to improve on on one or two things. Um, if I don't hit, I don't hit every day. I've got my putting mat here in my in my room. Um, I've got a little challenge going on with my coach on, on my putting rail. <laughs> so I've got that. Um, I've been chipping a little bit and then yeah, keeping up with the fitness. Um, I'm doing some online training with my with my fitness coach Artu Pereira three days a week. Uh, so that keeps my days going as well. So yeah, just a little bit every day. And that's all you can ever ask for. Perfect. Thanks for making some of your lockdown time available for the Dream Chasing 101 podcast. And uh, Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lee Jan. Cool. Thanks, Jan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate no that. No worries. And um, you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you get to play some golf in the near future. I <laughs> know. I know it's looking a little bit bleak. I'm thinking just May, what's it, June? July, maybe. July, maybe, if you like. July, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I think I'm going to be playing on that ITT a little bit more. <laughs> Gotta stay local. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, it'll probably be local, so I hope the guys know that the girls will, will be on that. Will be 100%. Soon, okay? I don't think they'll mind. <laughs> yeah, I hope so.